I think it's fair to say there's a bit of energy. Well, look around. People have come out of hiding. Isn't it uh, such a relief that uh, the rules have been changed? Uh, Praise the Lord that we can meet up to 300 people with social distancing. So um, thank you, Lord. It's so good to be back together. We look forward to when we can actually sing as your people. But uh, Lord, in that video, so much stuff has happened for the kingdom, for the glory of Jesus. And we thank you that you know how to reach people. You know how to stir your church. You know what to do with the gospel to proclaim it and save people. Um, No matter what age, where we come from, we can find hope in you. And so we just say thank you for a year in this new season. And we want to give you all the glory. And as I open up your word now, I pray for help in Jesus' name. Amen. Behold, I make all things new. It's what Jesus will say in the future. In the book of Revelation, in the Bible, we get a glimpse of the future. At the end of everything as we know it, and at the beginning of everything that will always be, Jesus will say, Behold, I make all things new. The reason Jesus is able to say that at the end of time and the beginning of new time is he has already made a way through his life, death and resurrection to radically change everything. Amen? It's what God specialises in, in fact, making things new again, recreating. He is expert at New beginnings. After all, he made all things from scratch. He's like the ultimate startup entrepreneur. God gets new beginnings. So, at a certain time in history, known by God alone, he will wrap up time on this planet and make things new. What's your favourite new smell? Yeah, look, some of us us have been fortunate enough to have a new car and it's got that new car smell. What else? Babies. I was going to say my wife's favourite smell is a newborn baby. Anything else? (laughs) That is your favourite new smell. Okay, got to be the right brand. Newly baked bread, newly baked scones. Oh, now you're talking. Good coffee. Virginia smells amazing. Like minty freshness. Because that's what baptism is all about, isn't it? It's what baptism signifies, a fresh start, washed Clean, sin dealt with by the grace of Jesus. Following Jesus is about new beginnings filled with potential. It's why Christianity is referred to as being born again. The new birth, a fresh start. The funny thing is that God has been around forever and he's unchanging. But he specialises in change. He's the unchanging God of change. He specialises in 
bringing transformation into people's lives. And that's really what baptism signifies and symbolises so powerfully. It's for anyone who has already put their faith in Jesus. Jesus lived a perfect life, we're told, in the Bible. And that life was so that he could die for the sin of the world and rise again from the grave. The Bible says that faith in the work of Jesus, his life, death and resurrection, brings us forgiveness. Washed clean. A new start. And that's what baptism means. And uh, it's, it is so powerful when you see it up close. The person goes under and it's like, whoa. It's almost startling. But it's the picture of coming out of new life as Jesus rose again and came out of that tomb. He has every reason to say, I make all things new. It's the vibe of the Bible. If you read through the Old Testament and New Testament, as followers of Jesus and being part of God's family by faith, we are promised. Let me show you some scriptures. And if I can work here with Nev uh, on the screen. We're promised a new birth. 1 Peter 2.3, For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. We're given a new song to sing. Can't quite sing it here, but we will soon. Psalm 40, verse 3, He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. We're given a new mind. Ephesians 4.22, Be made new in the attitude of your minds. A new heart and a new spirit. Ezekiel 36, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh, a new hope and a new future. For I know the plans, Jeremiah says, on behalf of God, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. We're told not to dwell on the former things, Isaiah 43. Forget the former things, do not dwell on the past, See, I am doing a new thing. We're told we're a new creation, 2 Corinthians 5. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. We're told that God's mercy and faithfulness are actually available new every morning. Lamentations 3, for his compassions never fail They are new every morning. God specialises in making things new. Relationships, hearts, minds, spirits, bodies. So how do we go from old to new? How do you get amongst it? How do we go from old to new? Well, it is a process of transformation. Transformation in life always involves a process, and I think it's fair to say that it's the same in the spiritual life. And the process looks something like this. Change required, there is a revelation, there's an awareness. Change is required for transformation. Wrongs are made right, there is a new beginning, and there are new habits that reinforce this new beginning. I happen to be sporting a lighter, smaller tabernacle. That means I've lost weight. Uh, Oh, (laughs) Don't you ever say that? Oh, they seem to be sporting a smaller tabernacle. Um, It's one of the downsides of filming yourself for seven months. You notice when... uh, 
getting a little bit bigger. But look, like most of us, you come to a point sometimes in life where you, you look, as I did a couple of months ago, at the scales, which I was avoiding for some time throughout the middle of COVID there in the winter. Um, and you look at yourself in the mirror and you say, oh, I think I just crossed the threshold of if I keep going that way, that won't be good for me longer term. We, we've all been there. And so you start to do something about it. Now, I'd done that a few times in winter and I hadn't succeeded. But this time around, I was a bit more successful and I'm at a better, healthier weight for me. I always feel like body transformation is a powerful uh, picture of spiritual transformation. It's not that it can always happen, right? We have issues, but if you can't change your body, it's great to find out why. Yes? There are always reasons, and there could be really uh, significant reasons why it's hard to do that, but it is a picture of transformation. Before we decide we need to change, there needs to be an aha. A realisation, a revelation, the old requires changing into something new. And typically there is wrong that needs to be made right. We had an old church on this site. It had red bricks and yellow windows. And it was fairly dilapidated. It was in need of change. There was change required and so over a very long period of time, Hornsby Baptist, who are now Northern Life, decided to tear it down. And uh, they found soil that needed to be cleansed, which North Point helped with, because there were some wrongs that needed to be made right on this site. And then foundations were laid that were far more right than they were before, so that we could build new beginnings and a new ministry centre that we are so uh, proud of and thankful for. You might stop and reflect in your life and recognise, as I do often, that there are some significant relationships where change is required. They're not right. Wrongs may need to be made right. And we need to move through this process which will involve truth-telling and grace-sharing and forgiveness and maybe restitution and out of that intersection of truth Justice, mercy and peace, new beginnings of relationships can occur. It's certainly what happens with weight loss. A new identity emerges in the transformation. New beginnings. Someone who exercises more, maybe. Who has a different, literally different neurological habit pathway in their brain for what and when to eat. There are new beginnings over time, this change can certainly show itself to be less than permanent. Is there an amen in the house? <laughs> if one fails to embrace new habits, a new way of living. But when change, is, change required is accepted and wrongs are made right and new beginnings experienced and new habits embraced, transformation does occur. I hope you can see the connection with our spiritual lives. Change required comes in the form of conviction of sin. We know we're in need of God's grace. Things are not right between us and God. You just know. It's something that we sense. Wrong made right. We repent. We turn. We ask God for forgiveness. We say sorry for our rebellion. We put our trust in the one who was right. 
Jesus, who paid for our wrongs on the cross. When you look at a cross, it's right made wrong, isn't it? That's what happened on the cross when the perfect Son of God died in our place. And then we receive by faith his salvation, which is called regeneration. Literally, we are transformed into a new creation, a new beginning, new heart, new mind, new spirit, new beginning. And we begin a journey of sanctification, becoming over time more and more like Jesus as we surrender our will more and more to him. New habits formed and reinforced through repetition. God specialises in making things new. Jesus said, behold, I make all things new. So who is this for? Who, who, who gets to receive a new start like this? Maybe it's for you today because you are a rebel, like the prodigal son we read about in Luke 15. In your life, you've been a rebel. Jesus told the story of a young man who asked his father for his inheritance early before his dad had died. The father gave it in Jesus' story and the, the young man took it, squandered it on the wild living and he came to the end of himself amongst pigs in a sty and he realised change is required. He came back home, cast himself on the mercy of his father and the father in Jesus' story actually ran to the son and embraced him, pig smell and all. And the father threw a a huge party for his son who had returned home. And Jesus said, this is how God the Father will treat rebels who return home to be made new. Hallelujah. That's what the Bible says. You may not know what God's like, but he's a God like a father of a rebellious son who basically nicked off with most of the inheritance. And when he came back, because he realised he needed the grace of his dad, the father was there to welcome him. Have you been a rebel in your life? Do you feel unworthy <clears throat> to trade in your old life, which is broken and empty, for a new start, a new beginning, to be born again? A new life is on the other side of owning up to our sin and putting our trust in Jesus. That new life. It's on the other side. Maybe you can relate to the transformation that happened to a man who wasn't rebellious as much as he was religious. Maybe you can relate more to someone who did all the things right, like Saul in Acts chapter 9. He tried to live his life to please God, but it seems that he was empty. He was an empty shell of a man. In Acts 9, Saul is on the road to the famous road to Damascus, persecuting Christians. And Jesus turns up, reveals who he is to this man, Saul, who's a Pharisee and very religious. But he is struck by the glory of Jesus and realises change is required. Wrong needs to be made right. A new beginning is available to him and a new way of living to support it. Saul receives new life. He becomes the Apostle Paul who wrote half the New Testament. I'm labouring the point, aren't I? God specialises in new beginnings, fresh starts and clean slates. Change required, wrong made right, new beginnings, new habits. In John chapter 4, Jesus meets a woman in the middle of the day when most of the women aren't there, but she's an outcast and she's um, there collecting water in the middle of the day in Samaria. And she's not so much rebellious, 
or even religious, but she does feel pretty much ruined. Apparently she's been married too many times for her society and she's suffered rejection for a lifetime, yet God met her through his son Jesus, right there. And in this short encounter, you can read about it in John 4, she realises change is required. Wrongs could be made right. She's met the Messiah, the hope of the world. And Jesus gives her new beginnings with new, new habits to learn. She becomes the first evangelist we read about in the Gospels. Who do you relate to? Some of us are rebels. Maybe more of us in this room are religious or have been. Or maybe you can just relate to feeling ruined by the things that have happened and the choices that have been made. And you've given up on hope that there could be a new day, a fresh, clean slate. 2 Corinthians 5.17, I read it out before, tells us, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. That's a pretty glorious verse for anyone who might be a sinner in the room. That there can be a new day, no matter who we are. The key is faith in Christ. Anyone who has faith in Christ can be a new creation who will live forever. Maybe you want to say, yeah, you know, John, I know a lot about what you've been talking about, but my problem is this. I've done the new day thing. I've done the new, you know, new start. I've had a hundred of them. And I just don't think I can start again. I don't think God wants to let me start again because I've let him down. I've made those promises over and over again. You know, fresh start, new start. Maybe it was at your baptism. And then another time that you said, it came to the front on your knees and said, oh, fresh start, fresh start. But you've started to believe this lie that says God has a number. Tally, and he says, yeah, you've had enough. Can I just remind you of Lamentations 3.23? His compassions never fail They are new every morning. They're new every morning. God's grace is as fresh and available to us today as it ever was at any point in our lives. Who needs to hear that today, I wonder, because no one's immune. That's what I have discovered. Look around and you see someone who looks like they've got Christianity down pat. They need to hear that because we fail and guilt and shame are real. We we just fail, but God's grace is as fresh and available to you and I today as it ever was at any point in our lives. It's as fresh. I'm I'm just going to go. When Virginia came out of that, she was sort of gasping for air, but then taking air in fresh. Anyone been baptized here? Lots of us. When I was baptised by immersion, I was about 18 years old. That was my overwhelming sense. This water's everywhere. It's sort of immersing me and I felt washed clean. It wasn't that holy water or something. It was my faith in Christ and the grace of God. But there is this sense in that moment of, whoa, I'm ready. I could probably get into heaven now by myself. Without Jesus, I'm so clean. That mercy and grace is available every morning. Hallelujah. New every single morning. So the biggest question for us all today 
is will we accept that a new day is on the other side of transformation which involves repentance and obedience? Repentance and obedience. Change is required. Let me finish off with uh, an illustration about time travel. We've had lots of movies about time travel, haven't we, since the heady days of Michael J. Fox and um, Back to the Future. I'm told Harry Potter does it. I haven't read, or, or read the books or watched the movies much, but I'm told that Harry Potter has it and Inception has this playing with time travel. Anyone see the, in, the movie Tenet, a recent movie? And, uh, so it plays with time travel. Of course, you've got your own romantic comedies, great movie about time. Anyone remember that? About time. Yeah, great movie. Um, the Time Traveller's Wife. So there's, there's all these movies that um, deal with this idea of time travel. So I got to thinking, like, literally, I'm not making this up, I was thinking this week about time travel. And, and that it'd be great to go in a time machine back. And I thought, imagine if I could go back to myself in my early 30s, because I can remember some things I did and words I said, and I'd just love to go back in a time machine and just turn and say, hey, John, like, um, I've come from 2020. I won't tell you about that year. <laughs> just buy stocks in Zoom. That's the main thing I want to tell you. <laughs> um, but I'd go back and I'd say, look, you're about to say some stuff. And just, I'm just letting you know, it's better not to do that. Just don't say those things. And I can then imagine, I was in the, in the zone, I could imagine myself going, mate, I'm, I'm glad you came back, but it's my life. I'm going to live my life. Let me make my own mistakes. And then you, oh, what I would say is, you doofus, I am you. I'm telling you the decision you made created what I experienced. We experience don't do that. But can anyone relate to that? That there's this sense that even if you came back in a time machine, let me make my own mistakes. God's new day for us is on the other side of listening to his promptings. God not only knows the future, because, you know, if you come back like that, you feel like you know the future, but God knows the future, but he knows the past. He knows my past. But the thing about God is he knows everyone else's future. He knows everything. What is God saying to you now about change required? I'd be silly to not listen to myself if I went back in time. But how silly are we when we don't listen to God? Jesus specialises in making things new. Do you need a new beginning, a fresh start, a clean slate? I know this sounds simplistic, but this is the answer. Listen to God and obey him. Listen to God and obey him. He has made a way for all things to be made new again. Who needs a fresh start? His mercy is new Every morning, praise him. Lord God, we give you all the glory for the grace that is just poured out on us, your mercy, your faithfulness every day. Some of us in this room here, we don't have a relationship with you. I pray you'd make it very clear that if a change is required, then it, it, it is required. 
Are you real? Are you there? Do you care? Only you can reveal that. Would you do that for those of us who are not walking with you? Others of us need to be reminded of your care and your grace just as much. And I pray that you would do that. For some of us, we've believed a lie that we could never have a new day, a fresh start, a clean slate. But we want to say thank you, Jesus, that your promise is new creation, a new heart, new future, new mind. And ultimately, we we look forward to new bodies that will live forever with you in a new creation. And all the people said, Amen. Amen.